Hi guys and welcome to episode 4 of the In The Hub podcast with me, Neil Facker. In this episode, we discuss the ongoing shift from hardware-centric platforms to software-centric solutions within the broadcasting industry with this week's guest, Steve Finer. Steve is the owner and chief engineer at Finer Associates, based out of the United States. Finer Associates have been serving the broadcasting and professional video services industries within New England for almost 40 years, providing custom hardware deployments, shared storage solutions, and systems integration services. Hope you enjoy this episode. How are we today, Steve? Very good, thank you. So we'll get straight into the uh, questions then, if that's all right with you, Steve. Yep, that'll be fine. Brilliant. So I'm curious, how and when did you get started in the broadcasting industry? Well, we could start way back. I mean, I started in 1979. I went to work for a small production house in Boston. You know, we were dealing with basically two-inch tape, tube cameras, and stuff like that. And so it just kind of progressed from there. You know, I went to work at a TV station as a maintenance engineer, you know, fixing stuff. And, you know, I thought for sure I'd find a home there. And uh, I quickly learned I couldn't work for anybody and started my own business. (laughs) doing maintenance around Boston and stuff like that. You know, back then it was all tape machines and cameras had tape and stuff. And that was the big part of the business was fixing tape machines. And, um, you know, integration was kind of a a very small part of it for us because um, we concentrated more on the maintenance of equipment. Once you installed a system for somebody, that was kind of my theory. If we installed the system, we would then get the maintenance work out of it, which was the bread and butter. But, you know, this is our 40th year in business, um, pretty much. And uh, it's been a good ride. There's been a lot of changes over the years and stuff. And I like to consider myself a little different than a lot of other integrators, whereas I'm more of an engineer other integrators, you know, they tend to have somebody that knows what they're doing, design the system, and then they just hand it off to people that make cables and put it in. You know, I'm more of a hands-on kind of guy. I like to, I'm very picky about the way things are done. And, and you know, if we see something that we don't like, or I don't like, or I go, oh, this isn't going to work this way. I mean, we change it right on the spot. I like to bring extra value to or value add value added kind of things you know um we just did a system for one of the states in in our country and um you know i designed elect- a lot of electronic stuff that's custom and stuff like that so yeah and 24 7 service is a big part of our business too so Digging a little deeper into that, when we're talking about the projects that you guys take on, is it always this kind of strategic uh, thought process behind them? Do you ask a lot of questions? You know, what what's the usual process for you guys? So we sit down, we talk to them and look at what they, what they want to accomplish, their end goals. I mean, honestly, a lot of these things are kind of, I don't want to say the same, but different. I don't know if that makes sense. It's you know, we all have the end goal of getting a product out the door. It's a question of how do you want to do that and how much money do you want to spend? We try to save our clients money where possible, but there's places I kind of put my foot down and go, no, I'm not going to do that because you're not going to be happy in the end. 
because people tend to want to save money where they shouldn't, you know? It's just like, as I try to tell them, you know, you want to put in a good foundation for a house and then you can change the rest later. If you don't put in the good foundation, it's hard to go, it's like starting over again and you're going to spend more money down the road, you know? Um, it's like when we build a server for somebody, I go, let's put in a good motherboard and a good processor because we could change the software, we can change the graphics card, we change all that stuff. But, you know, if we're going to rip the whole computer part again, and put in a new motherboard, it's just kind of ridiculous. So, you know, that's kind of the approach we take um, is, you know, let's put in good wiring, good connectors good patch fields or if we're doing kind of video kinds of stuff or good network infrastructure. And then we can just build on that and we can make it changes easily rather than going back and ripping. So that's kind of the approach, whether it's a small system, you know, let's put in a good camera or a good monitor, you know, it's hard to explain, but I tell people, look at this is where we can save money right now. And this is where we can't. So if you can't do this part, the, the we can't save money here, then I'd rather say, I've learned over the years to go, I can't help you. <laughs> so that's kind of my theory. You know, we're not a big, huge player. I mean, I've never gone after the, you know, stadium jobs and that kind of stuff. I mean, that doesn't, you know, we built trucks for different companies and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it sucks up so much of your time and, and revenue. And by the time you're done and you actually look what you really made and how much you put into it, and it's really not worth it. And once you do one or two, I mean, it's not, I, I want to do stuff that interests us, me and, and that I can add value to. I mean, you know, a lot of, anybody can build a truck. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to make light of it, but I mean, it's, it's like once you do one, a lot of it's a cookie cutter kind of thing, you know. I mean, there's different variations, but pretty much it's a cookie. I want to do stuff that I can really show that, you know, we've done something special and different and that I can look at and say, this is what we do and this is the kind of stuff we've done for people. And that's how you make people happy, you know. You save them money, you give them a good quality product, you know, you make it look nice and stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's a little budget or a big budget, you kind of make them feel like you're all in on this. And, and that's kind of what we do. I'm interested in kind of how, you know, your role as a software integrator has changed as customers move away from traditionally more hardware platforms to uh, software and virtualization. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been kind of, you know, since obviously we started off doing tape machines, monitors, that kind of fixing that kind of stuff. And I always had control over that because I could fix the electronics. I could dig into a schematic and kind of see where the problem was and fix it. I've had to, you know, what we've, when we transitioned to doing a lot of software kind of stuff, I, I believe in like open architecture and that kind of stuff. I can, I can build a CPU or a server but I can't, I'm not a coder. I don't, we don't write software. I mean, I can do basic stuff, but you know, like with blade blocks, I like to find software that or that I can vet and make sure that I can install this, that I'm not going to get a million phone calls going. This thing doesn't work, you know, and we've been dealing with play blocks for a while. And, um, 
the, the software has been pretty, you know, we've watched it develop. I mean, look at everybody, but I have no control over the software. I tell the customer, I was like, I didn't write the code. I built the box. I'm going to do everything I can to get it fixed for you. And, you know, and, and sometimes I've had to take things back. I mean, I don't want to stick somebody with something that it doesn't work. I give them, you know, because I'm stick. That's my reputation. That's how we get been around so long. It's um, I've told I've told customers if it doesn't work, I'm taking it back. It doesn't do me any good to walk away from something. And go, okay, I got your money, and here you go. This is all. This is all I can do. <laughs> that that doesn't work. I mean, it's I have to make sure that before I stick software onto a piece of hardware that it's going to be solid. And, um, you know, so I try and vet the stuff as best I can, but it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a bulletproof science. I mean, everything has problems, but you know, you try and do your best to make sure for the customer. I mean, I really try and make sure that everybody's happy at the end of the day with something that we've done and if we're representing Playbox, that, that, that Playbox, you know, stuff works the way, and it does, and it's been solid for us. We don't, we install it, we get no phone calls, you know, other than when they want to spend more money, right? Because that's how you sell stuff, right? They go tell somebody, hey, this has been a good, Finder did a nice job for us, whether we're selling a wholly integrated Playbox system or somebody else's. It's hard because a lot of companies don't put the research into, you know, they, they get something working and say, we'll fix it later, or we'll fix these bugs, and they don't have the resources behind them. So that, that's been a tough thing going from a hardware-based integration to a software-based kind of company for me, that, because I've given up control over that. All I can do is go, hey, this doesn't work. What, what? And they go, huh? I don't know. We can't do that here, or we can't fix that problem. <laughs> and it takes it's it's it was hard, but you know we make it work, and and it seems to be going pretty good um, for us. So I can't complain. So branching off from that, in your opinion, what signaled the shift from you know this more kind of specialized hardware to to purely software? Was it a specific event, or, or do you think it was more gradual? Um, I think it was more gradual. I mean, I mean, if you look at what's going on now, I think this whole pandemic has really pushed people to, I mean, if you wanted to buy a piece of streaming hardware or software now for, well, software, but if you need, still need hardware to do that, forget it. I mean, it's weeks and months to try and get anything that has the word streaming next to it. I mean, our customers call us, hey, can we get this? And so I think this pin, if you want to talk about anything that's accelerated the move to sort of a software-based environment for a lot of these broadcast facilities, it's, it's this pandemic. I mean, you know, people are working from home, you know, and they're just the the TV station or you, however you want to call it, has become just a throughput point for IP streams going out the door. I mean, look at look at the convention we just had in the U.S. That I've never watched a convention in my life, but I was watching that from more of a technical perspective to see how they pulled this off. And I got to tell you, it was it was pretty amazing the way they integrated 
all these different states from all over the country, and they were all from IP streams and, you know, just people sitting in front of their laptop or, you know, maybe they sent them a better quality camera. But I mean, I really think that, that this pandemic has really pushed the broadcaster, if you want to use that term, you know, to move and think more of an, an IP stream. And, I, and a good friend of mine is a director of engineering for a company in the U.S. And I said to him a few years ago, I was like, just shut the TV transmitter off. I mean, what, I mean, what do you need it for? I mean, every, all these kids, they watch stuff on the phone. You know, they don't sit in front of a TV screen. They don't care. They don't care. I mean, they get, you know, my kids, you know, get everything on their phone. They, they do not, you know, even watching movies, they're like, I'm like, how can you do that? <laughs> well, you're probably in the age that you do. I mean, I can't do it, you know. But, yeah, I think this pandemic has really pushed faster than anything I can ever think in my career um, to, to see the way people rethink the way they're going to broadcast information or we use the word broadcast loosely, but it's, a, it's all a stream now. I, I just think this has really pushed it fast. So, yeah, I think the TV facilities really need to think about what they've done for their infrastructure and how much money they spend on that kind of stuff. I think they're going to be rethinking that. Yeah, I think people just plug into the wall at their house and go, hey, we're here to do the news today, and they'll be sitting there, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So in a way, it's kind of sad, you know? I mean, well, for me, I mean, you know, I miss a lot of the older way of doing things. That's kind of not true. But, I mean, I miss I, – I guess I miss the quality level because, you know, uh, and I'm sure the quality level will come with IP, but – you still you see people at home on their laptop computer and you go oh that just looks terrible to me my wife's like get over it you know i think you're a stickler for the quality aren't you steve yeah i am i am i mean i must say the quality in the past couple of years um especially with you know vendors like zoom and stuff and, and people getting improved data rates in their home has has risen quite a bit you know, so that's the, it'll, it'll come, it'll come. And I, but I, like I said, I think this pandemic has really pushed the envelope of our technology and our infrastructure as far as IP. So, I mean, I think we already know your answer to this, Steve, but in a nutshell, would you agree that the shift from dedicated hardware to software has made broadcasting more accessible? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I said that in my last ramble. But yeah, I think that it's made it more accessible to people that wouldn't necessarily, in the old days, couldn't have been able to afford to do anything. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this. I mean, this would have been a major undertaking to just record this from here to you. I mean, it just would have been, we wouldn't have been able to do it. It just would have been cost prohibitive in the old days. So yeah, I do think it's made. And that's a good thing, too. I mean, you end up with a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't be out there, but it, you know, in the long run, it's it's a good thing that people should have access to get their message out easier and stuff and market and sell stuff and you just communicate. I mean, just you know, the way we communicate when you know back in the old days, you'd see stuff on these science fiction movies, people like you know having little handheld phones and talking, you know, communicators. You know, not to date myself, but I can remember being in second grade 
And one of my teachers goes, someday people won't carry money. They'll just have a little card and they'll just, you know, everybody's looking at her like, yeah, right, sure. Right. But yes, it has made things easier for people to get their message out, which is good. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think for these, so for these existing kind of hardware operations, um, you know, no matter how simplistic or minimal they may be, do you think that commercial off-the-shelf hardware could be the future for these hardware applications? Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to build specialized stuff. A lot of companies don't want to build specialized stuff. They just want to buy a piece of equipment shove it in a rack or some, you know, in some closet and, you know, do their thing. And that's good. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, it makes it easier for integrators, right, to just plug in. Things are a lot easier to go from one vendor to the other because there's all sorts of different standards, which there weren't 20 years ago. You'd be sitting there going, oh, this doesn't talk to this. What are, how, oh, we need to get this conversion to go to this thing. And whereas a lot of the manufacturers have gotten to get, like, I mean, distributing IP streams around a facility, it's just, it's a common, well, they haven't really agreed on a standard yet, but there's a couple of different standards. But for the most part, it's it's a plug and play. It recognizes that this is an audio device or this is a video device and and it just kind of works. Um, sometimes there's hiccups, but for the most part, it just works. Um, so we've become basically, there's no more video per se, video, you know, I made them take video off our website because that kind of dates you, right? It's, it's all IP. I mean, it's, it's, and that's why you get a lot of IT people that think they know video or think they know production or what's the big deal? Well, you still have to know something about, you know, from my end, TV or the way the signal is processed or, you know, what what different standards their cameras are and stuff. But you get a lot of IT people in the business that go, what's the big deal? It's just a picture. It's just a data stream, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes, it's, 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 it's a good thing. I mean, everything has its good and bad, but yeah, it's pretty much a good thing. So TV stations have become pretty much a big server farm or network hub yeah there's no regular video anymore so yeah and uh, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier but in terms of the integration process does this differ quite widely between vendor to vendor um are you finding it's becoming more simple or, or more complicated um i think it's a little more complicated in in a different way i think you have you know i've had to become more of an it person than a video person i mean there's that mix of both worlds. So it's, it's become from getting different pieces of stuff to talk to each other and for our standards and that stuff, like I was saying before, that's easier, but getting them all integrated together, you have to become more of a, an IT network specialist to say, why isn't this talking to this or that? So I've managed to do that and and make it easier for me, but it's it's been. I mean, I make mistakes. I learn from them and I move on. And I you know I pick stuff that I know works together easily. So again, back to what I said before, I don't want to get phone calls from a client going it doesn't work. I want to plug it in, set it up, leave it alone. Don't touch. It, don't update it. It's working now, and don't update it till I tell. And from our perspective, I don't know if this answers, but 
my business has become easy. You know, in the old days, it was hard for me to go away because if something broke and I was the only one that could fix it at the shop, then that was a problem because, you know, people want stuff 24-7. These days, I can log in from any – I got servers all over the place. You know, I can log in and, and see what's going on. And most problems I can fix remotely. Um, sometimes I have to go on site, but that's it. So that's made my life easier from that perspective. So, so I mean, you can finally start having vacations, Steve, by the sound of it. A little bit. Yeah. 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 It's good. I mean, I like my work. I mean, you know, we've, yeah, I've, we've pared down our company a lot and stuff. And like I said, we pick, I pick projects that we like to do that I like to do. Not necessarily that, you know, I don't want to do something just to, not that I don't like money, but you know, I'm sort of past that point in my career where I just want to pick stuff that that interests me. You know, I was just telling my long one of my longtime clients this the other day. I was like, you know, he says, "Like, when are you gonna retire?" I go, "When I can't move, I don't want to sit at home and do nothing." <laughs> you know, so like I said, we I just sort of somebody has something. I'm like, ah, we don't want to do that. Go somewhere else or in a nicer way, but you know, so. So, I mean, final question, Steve, from your perspective, what can we expect in the future for broadcasting technology? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I don't know, even know how to answer that. We can condense uh, it down into one word, if you wish, just one word for the future simple. of broadcasting. Simple. <laughs> I, like I mean, it. simple, I like you it. know, easier than it is now. I mean, people are just, I, I think you're going to see the end to the traditional TV broadcast kind of facility, you know, I mean, you can sort of already see it happening where there's a lot of clustering, you know, from a broadcast perspective. I mean, we have a facility near us that was built by Comcast NBC. It's got six TV outlets, we'll call them in there. And they're all just, you know, they're all feeding off of one resource, right? They're just, you know, rebroadcasting in stuff i think they're just hubs they're just news hubs you know to move information around i think you're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff um and i think it's just we get a, a lot of people involved that the traditional tv engineer i, I think is gone I, like i said it's it's all ip a lot of automation um you know, they want to drive their costs down. There's very few people involved in behind the scenes. You know, in a, in a traditional TV station years ago, I mean, you had probably a half a dozen people to keep it on the air. And now they could do it with one person runs five TV stations, right? Yeah, I think, you know, less overload of people, more automation, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Pretty soon we'll be having computer-generated news people, you know. <laughs> They'll be able to get rid of them too. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. No, I completely agree, Steve. So once again, thank you very much for answering the questions we, we put forward for you today. It's been really insightful. Oh, you're welcome. So for anyone listening who's got any kind of system integration questions, software, hardware, uh, where can they best get in touch with you guys? They can uh, reach us at fineassociates.com or, um, you know, all our contact information is out there. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from people. Brilliant. Once again, thank you very much, Steve, for coming on. Thank you. It's been really great. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye.